um, let's just go ahead and start out with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for today, and um, just I was just thankful that you are here with us, and I thank you for everyone who is here. Um, just be with me, Lord, as I um, give the message. I feel that um, you've laid on my heart. Um, please help me to say it in such a way that it is encouraging, and and um, I just thank you for um, loving us and always loving us and always being with us. In your name I pray. Amen. Alright. So as you guys know, if you've been here come long enough, we're, we're doing a, a weekly thing with the lectionary. I'm not going to go into all that, but this week's lectionary is from Genesis 39, and it's 1 through 23. <clears throat> now Joseph was taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord is with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in the sight, in his sight and attended him. He made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in, in the house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and with, and with him there he had no concern for anything but the food that he ate. Now Joseph was handsome and good-looking, and after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he, but he refused and said to it, well, Okay, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, um, with me here, my master has no concern about anything in his house, and he has put everything that he has in my hand. He is not, is he, he is not greater in this house than I am, nor is he kept back anything from me except yourself, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And although he spoke to Joseph, and although she spoke to Joseph, she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not consent to lie beside her and to be with her. One day, however, he went into the house to do his work, and while no one else was in the house, she caught him, she caught him, caught hold of his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called out to the members of her household and said to them, See, my husband has brought, us, brought among us a Hebrew to insult us. He came in to lie with me. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And when he heard me raise my voice and cry out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Then she kept his garment by, by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me came in to me to insult me. But as soon as I raised my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. When his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, saying, This is the way your servant treated me, he became enraged. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. He remained there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners were who were in the prison, and whatever was done was done there. He was the one who did it. 
the chief jailer paid no heed to anything that was in Joseph's care because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Okay. I guess I should have, like, proofread this instead of the version I read. Let's write that down in my notes. Okay. Um, to kind of give you an idea of what this whole story is about, um, a guy named Jacob, I just want to give you, like, a really quick uh, abridged version of this. The guy named Jacob had, had 12 sons. Um, Joseph was, at the time, the youngest, if I'm not mistaken. And the other 11 brothers didn't like him because he was the daddy's favorite. So they were going to kill him. And they decided instead of killing him, they will just sell him off into slavery. So they sold him off. And that's when the whole thing about the Ishmaelites brought him in and all that. So this is how he got to where he's at. Okay. Basically, his brothers didn't like him, and they wanted to get rid of him, and they did. And I have heard, you know, a um, um, couple sermons on this, and it's always about how um, you can get put in a bad spot, and, and and things will still work out for good. That's basically kind of the what I've always heard. Um, but there's a couple things when I was reading this that... Um, Actually, been things I've been thinking about, and it, and I was actually going to use this verse to talk about this first part anyway, just because, which is very odd. But, but anyway, um, put that all back up there, at least the first part. Um, um, notice how Potiphar kept Joseph around because he benefited from Joseph. Right. Right. Okay. Let's see. Um, Potiphar enjoyed all the benefits that God apparently was giving while not putting his trust in God. Is that correct? So, in essence, Potiphar was just using God and Joseph. Yes? Yes? Okay. We can participate here. <clears throat> and and it, wasn't like, it wasn't like they were buddies either. Potiphar and Joseph weren't, weren't buddies. He was his subordinate. And um, Joseph was Potiphar's subordinate, and he basically was making God his support subordinate also. Because Potiphar liked the rewards of Joseph's God while not actually worshiping Joseph's God. So, so Potiphar is getting all the benefits of what God can do just because, just through somebody else. Right? Okay, so... Um, Okay, um, there there are um, a lot of people who are that way when it comes to prayer. They'll um, they'll they'll seek out they'll seek out people who they feel are closer to God, and and basically, I, I'm assuming that they do that because they feel if this person has a better connection with God, they have a better chance of getting the result that they want. Um, but, but prayer isn't, isn't a hotline to God. He isn't like he's sitting there waiting for you to call so he can fulfill your demands. Okay. Um, and while the rest of the time you kind of like, just ignore him. Um, prayer is the way we ask God for things, but it's also the way, um, that we build a relationship with him. And prayer isn't just about 
communic- communicating with God, it is the way that we commune with God. Okay? <clears throat> it's, it's how we build a personal, intimate relationship. And to have a, 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 a tight bond and to grow closer to him. It's, it's not a way to extract, to extract positive results by any means. Okay? Now, now, you will hear things like, like Judy said earlier about, she said about the, her things she's going to do with the, 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 the elderly and all that, about to pray for her. Now, there's a difference between praying with someone and praying for someone. And Because I, I, you'll hear me say, like, pray for me. And what I'm actually asking you is to pray with me over this, this particular thing I'm asking. I'm talking about people who, like, they feel that they are so far away from God or they, they don't, don't know God or they feel God is not with them that they feel they have to go to somebody else who they perceive is closer to God to pray for them. Basically, this person becomes their, um, what's the word I want? It, yeah. What was that again? Mediator. I was trying, I was trying to think of the one that starts with an I. Intercessor. Intercessor. Um, um, so that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it, I mean, I, I know because you will hear you'll say a lot of hear, hear a lot of people say like you know I need you to pray for me and and like when I know when I say it I'm not saying look I need I'm dumping this all on you because I don't want to do it or I feel like not close enough to God it's just kind of a I mean maybe we should try to change that and say like will you pray, pray with me over something and kind of get that all out there okay um, we, we are to pray to God for things because we, we trust him, and we know that we can trust him because we have that relationship with him, regardless of the results that we get. Okay? Um, but um, that's always been kind of a, a pet peeve of mine, and I, I don't know why, but I guess that's why it's a pet peeve. Um I, I actually, I actually feel sorry for people when they feel they can't personally pray, and and that they, or I, I don't know if they feel they don't know how to do it, as if there's like this, these steps you take, or if they just feel that they don't have a, a connection to God. And either way, both of them are are sad. Okay. Um, all right, um, that's still up there. So that's that's my thing about prayer. Um, the highlighted part there is the next part I want to talk about. The Lord is with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He was in the house of his Egyptian master. Okay, so just by reading... Just by reading that little bit there, how, in, in simplest terms, how would we apply that to our life? What, what, is, what does it seem to be saying? What? Mm-hmm. Okay. You agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, if you read that and if you 
pull this verse out, which a lot of people make their 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 faith on and stuff, is you pull this out. To me, it is it is saying. Um, Hang on. Hold on. I'll, I'll, follow, I'll follow my thing here. I won't get too far ahead of myself. All right. So some people build their whole faith around verses like these, and there are actually preachers who build churches, and and they buy old basketball arenas and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> um, if you know who I'm talking about, get that junk out of your life. Have you... Um, and you know, and and that kind, and that and that kind of theology, and these these kind of things like that, they 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 do give a sense of hope. But the problem is, what happens when that doesn't develop? Okay, and have you ever heard someone say like, "Why won't God help me? Why doesn't God hear me? Why doesn't God heal me? <clears throat> and why isn't God with me?" So if we equate success and prosperity and happiness with Lord being with God with God being with us, then wouldn't the opposite be true? If if you if we equate successes and prosperity and happiness with God being with us, like that verse says there, then does that not mean that the opposite is true? Mm-hmm. Well, don't don't mess up my sermon. That, that's what Judy does. That's what Judy does. I've been waiting. I've been sitting here like hoping she doesn't raise her hand. But no, but but doesn't that seem the reason that if 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 you just take that verse by what it says right there and not know every, anything else, it says that. The Lord did Joseph, and he became a successful man. So that means if I'm not a successful man, that must mean that God's not with me. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. I know. Stop it, Judy. Okay, so if you, if you actually know the, the rest of this story, okay, it, it does say, obviously, it says right there that Jacob, uh, Jacob, that Joseph was, uh, that God blessed Joseph for his sake, okay? But if you know the rest of the story is more stuff happens, more stuff happens, and he gets put in charge of more things, and and it's it it wasn't just for Joseph. Joseph, it was it, it ends up being for a much broader reasoning, okay? Because there, this famine comes along and all this, and nobody's got any food but but him. So it, there's actually more to it than just Joseph himself being blessed through this. There's there's a reason for the blessing, okay? Um, the New Testament paints a completely different picture of this whole thing about you know if you're successful if God's with you. Okay, um, 
And I've always been taught, and I'm pretty sure it's true and everything, that um, that the, the Jews were like that too. The Jews believed that if you were prosperous and you had stuff, then you had God's favor. And, and that's really not a, an old thing that's still going on today. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I do it myself occasionally. Um, but the, the New Testament uh, paints a picture of life being a struggle. Because as followers of Jesus, the, the ways of Christ and the ways of the world, they conflict in a lot of ways. Um, because the New Testament teaches that you don't find your identity in possessions or in things in, in wealth and stuff. Okay, um, if you're financi- financially blessed or more talented or smarter or whatever, it's not because you're more highly favored. Okay? It's because God wants you to help others. And if you go through that whole story, his brothers are his brothers are like they're bowing down to him now because Joseph is like in charge basically he's second in command of Egypt and they're saying like we're your slaves and and all this stuff like that and because they're really sorry that they tried to kill their brother and send him off to, to you know slavery and he says you intended to harm me but God intended intended it for good he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people so so. Ultimately, the blessings that Jacob, that Joseph was getting while he was in the house were to save the lives of many people. It wasn't to make, make Joseph think that I'm a big shot, God's on my side. He knew there was a, a greater purpose in the blessings that he was getting. Okay. If financial wealth is the sign that God loves, loves us more than someone else, as somebody said, then why are unbelievers wealthy? And I, I've always thought it was odd, too, that a lot of preachers will do the whole, um, if you're good with God, then you'll be healthy. And, and it's like, why do these people keep dying eventually? <laughs> I mean, it seems the reason, right? I mean, if you're going to be healthy and being, I mean, then you would never die. You'd just be healthy all the time. Does that seem too far-fetched? I mean, to me, it seems fairly logical. I like the ones who believe they can heal and they wear glasses. I always thought that was interesting. <laughs> oh, they're bald. That's That one's good, too. Okay. <clears throat> We know we, that we are loved and highly favored because of what Christ did for us on the cross. Okay? <clears throat> it has nothing to do with our wealth or our circumstances in life or, or anything like that. Matter of fact, I find nothing in the New Testament in the teachings of Jesus, Paul, John, Peter. Am I missing someone? Jude. Um, I find nothing in there that's, that that um, that God's love and God's favor equals your wealth or or anything like that. <clears throat> Read the Beatitudes about what it's like to be blessed. 
Actually, the New Testament warns about wanting to be rich because it becomes an idol. You be, it, your wealth becomes your God. You can't, you can't help it. It always happens. There's a reason why all these multi, multi, multi-millionaires still want more money. They already have enough, but they still want more. And they'll say, like, it's a game, it's fun, blah, 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 but it's, it's what it does. Okay, I'm going to read on the out of Matthew. If you've been in church a while, this is very familiar. I mean, this is like, this is a very familiar text. It's, I always say that when I get up here, this is one of my favorites because it is just like the last one, last time I was up here. Mm-hmm. 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 What's all the poor? Okay. Where am I at? Mm-hmm. All right, this is Matthew 6. I don't know. Can you can you put that up real quick? I was just going to read it, but yeah, it's been an NLT. It's uh, 19 through 33. <laughs> Who's doing Jeopardy? All right, don't store up treasures here on earth. There you go. I mean, right there to shows you that your main goal should not be money. All right. Do not store treasures here on up. Do not store treasures here up on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, the whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. See, if you feel feel that money and everything else is what makes you, this is how I understand this part here. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, would be like whatever you like. I'm just talking about wealth. We'll say that if if, if you're if you think wealth is what makes you, that's what you're bringing into it's it's darkness, and it's even it makes it even darker when you accept that. That's how I understand that to me. I may be wrong, but no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, and you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for their Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? 
So don't worry about these that these things saying, what will I eat and what will we drink and what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I, I just wanted to point out in there, because he... Uh, not, not just the, the point that the part that he's saying about um, um, about the money and all that. It's 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 that God loves birds. He loves little birds. And he loves them so much he takes care of them, right? And and Jesus is saying that you are more valuable than these birds that God invests his time into. It's that's that's that's. That's how we know that we are highly favored and that we're loved because God loves us more than than that. Um, um, <clears throat> I was thinking a little bit about Susan as I was doing this because uh, I, I don't think you'll care if I share this, but she put on she put on Facebook, so that makes it totally up. But I'm assuming she's talking. I'm assuming she was talking about this, but she she put on there about. How frustrating! I'm paraphrasing this, to do everything right, and things still go wrong. And and I and I think we all know how that feels. And and it, and it can it can at least with me sometimes make me doubt if God is with me or not. I, I mean, it's I may not wholeheartedly embrace that thought, but it's like God must not be with me if if all this crap keeps happening, right? And, and, and I'm not even talking about life-threatening situation. I'm talking about, like, my truck breaking down. And, I mean, just piddly things that really don't mean anything. Um, <clears throat> but the but – the, I, I just – I don't know. I, 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 think, I think preachers that teach that you, you know God loves you by what you have and that kind of stuff, I think it's just dangerous. Um, <clears throat> It, especially because it goes against everything I just read there, and, and it's it's I don't know. Um, I, I I encourage you all though that if you if you don't pray, to start praying more. Don't 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 necessarily pray that I want this and I don't want that and, and all that. You know, just you, you have to build a relationship with God. Okay, and and you do that. You can and you can do it through doing doing things, but you you build a relationship with anybody by talking and communicating and wanting to know them better and and, and, and everything. Okay, and, and and don't think because your life is in the dumper right now that God doesn't love you. That God is is gone because God's not gone. Because <clears throat> actually, if you go by the other the rest of the story is. All these people, blah blah blah. He feeds them while they all live, and then they all get enslaved. And then God hears their cry, and <clears throat> and it's almost like it's almost like if you follow the Old Testament, it starts out with this whole thing like people thinking that God loves us because we have stuff, and then it all gets taken away, and then God delivers. And it's God hears the as one guy says, God, God hears the cry of the oppressed, and. You know, and this whole thing about if you you know the wealth and health thing, it, it works really well in America because we have lots of health and wealth, 
But to the Christians in Syria getting their heads cut off right now, don't really apply to them much. So, um, anyway, um, I want us to all, I got one more before I'm done. I want to read, and I want us all to read this last verse because I can't do it without crying. That always chokes me up, so. Um, I'm actually going to ask you guys to stand up to read this. And, and I... And actually, like, don't just read it. I mean, read it. <laughs> okay? Go ahead. This is where you say, <laughs> I know we don't do that in this church, but we are this. Day. Okay, continue. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and for your son. And help us to never forget that you're never far away from us. You're you're always near. And um, for us to remember that you came as a human to live among us, as us, and you understand what we go through and you know how we feel and and that you didn't think that you were too good to um, <coughs> to um, not be like us, and it's uh, I, it just amazes me, Lord, how you have so much love because um, you are love, I guess. Um, um, but I just I just thank you so much, Lord, um, for your for your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness, and and I, I pray that each each one of us, um, those of us who know you, that we diligently seek to know you better, those who um, are just wondering if that you're even real, that they will take the time to to search out for you and to to look for you, and 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 I just pray, Lord, that their that their heart will be open to to know you and to accept you. And I thank you for this day. Thank you for all you do. And again, just thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Go get your kids.